Hello and welcome to the I Create Daily Podcast. I'm Leora Alderson. And I'm Devani Alderson. We are the mother-daughter co-founders of the I Create Daily brand. We are passionate about encouraging positivity, creativity, and productivity while bringing you information and resources that support your creative aspirations. I Create Daily is for creators in every genre of creating, from musicians to writers, crafters to inventors, bloggers to entrepreneurs. So if you're into creating anything, this podcast has something for you. So tell us, what would support you most in your journey? You can reach us at creators at iCreateDaily.com. Thank Thank you you for for joining joining us us on this journey. journey. Hello and welcome to the I Create Daily podcast, a movement for creators serious about their work. I'm Devani. And I'm Leora. We first met today's guest when we were attending a training for certification on becoming passion test facilitators in Fort Lauderdale, Florida in January 2011. Then we saw Hal at a Hidden Riches conference in San Diego in the fall of 2013. Our next intersection was in January 2014 for a three-day investing seminar with Phil Town and his Rule One Coaching. So today, we're looking forward to catching up with Hal Price to learn more about the heart-centered, service-oriented work he's now doing in the world. What we know of Hal's newest work is that he's a storyteller of heroic heart stories on a mission to help children stay in touch with their special and creative selves. Hal Price's Heroic Heart series brings together Hal's childhood his passion to spread more love in the world, and his interest in writing and telling stories through his beautifully illustrated children's books featuring a talking bear named Eli. Hal is the father of three purpose-driven children, a grandfather of two adorable little red-headed angels, and when he's not writing or speaking, he can be found walking and photographing the beach, salt marsh, and mountains of his new home in Carpinteria, Georgia. Welcome, Hal. It's so good to see you all again. I forgot we've met that many times. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what's so beautiful about all that is we were working on our passions, understanding our destinies, and then went to this investment thing. And now we get to see the dividends of all three of those things come together, our passions with our dividends That's in the world. So right. it's so and, awesome. by, so and by the way, so when we were there uh, at the, uh, the Rule One investment training, um, we were there with my husband as well, Coleman Alderson, so Devani, myself, and my husband, Coleman. And of the three of us, he's the one that had the greatest proclivity to continue in that training. And he now, he's been doing it ever since then. And he serves as a coach for that same company and doing extraordinarily well. So yeah, it's a legacy. Uh, you never know, you know, picking up these threads, where things will lead us. So speaking of that, we're really looking forward to getting into what your, how your journey has unfolded magically delicious. Okay. Yeah. Well, so let's just start with how did your creative endeavor become your work and just take us on your journey from corporate to speaker and then children's book author. That's just, just take us on that journey. I think what was amazing for me is the realization that we all come here with a very special gift that we're meant to bring into the world. I I was using my gift in a different way than what my heart was going to tell me to use later. I had commoditized my gift of writing to help sell things for other companies and commoditized it so that I could make a living. And I wasn't writing what was my heart's information. 
Um, a lot of things took me to it. Um, one, I had a, a heart awakening uh, on the morning of February the 24th of 2014 at 4.24 in the morning. And God says, good morning, Hal. We got big choices to make today. I was about 320 pounds at the time. And uh, I was working 17 hours a day delivering goods for people that really didn't respect what I was doing. And I was just, I was wearing myself down completely. And uh, I went and I got my will. I took my blood pressure. Um, it was a scary moment. And um, I wrote a note on top of my will to my sister and laid it beside my door in case I didn't make it through the night. And I turned around to get ready to go to the, I was going to drive myself to the emergency room. And um, I turned around and I looked and I saw my will there. And I'm like, everything's a symbol in life, isn't it? I've laid my will down for all my life. For 60 years, I'd laid my will down. I had lived my life for everybody that needed a piece of me. And I'm a rescuer, so it was easy to do. And I'd never lived for me. And I decided then I, I got to the hospital and the doctor said, for a fat guy, you're in pretty good shape. Your arteries are in good shape. You can get through this, but you can't do it the way you're doing it. So I called in dead to work from the hospital and uh, they're like, are you serious? I said, yeah, I'm really, I'm almost dead. So I can't come in today and, and I won't be coming back ever. Tell my boss, I'll see him in a couple of days. So I went into the office and I'd worked with my boss for 20 years at Coca-Cola and he started another company and had me come in to work with him. And I just said, I looked him in the eyes and I said, you know how much I love you, right? And he said, yes. I said, I didn't know until today, I love me a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. I'm leaving immediately, but I'm going to stick around for 11 months to get healthy on your dime <laughs> on the medical program. And I'm just going to go. And I started walking and I started listening to my heart for the first time. And my heart said that I wasn't supposed to be where I was. And I just, I came to visit a friend here in Carpinteria, Georgia. You said Georgia, it's in California, actually. Oh, okay, sorry, California. Okay. Carpinteria, California. Uh, in October of 2014, I got, off, I got off the train and the ocean was on my left and I could walk to it in like 500 steps. And the oceans were to the mountains were to my right. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is like Mayberry at the beach. It's like a little small town. I felt alive. I didn't know why, but I, I knew I was going to move. And I just up and moved. And uh, I bought a house for myself for my 60th birthday. I'm like, I've never done anything nice for me. I'm going to buy my own house. There's no woman attached to this house. It's all me. And I moved out here in May of 2015. And I started walking every morning. I walked in nature. I walked the bluffs. I walked the beach. I walked the salt marshes. I walked the mountains. And through my walks, I reconnected with nature, with God, with me. And um, so I started remembering stories. And the stories that I remembered the most were, number one, I, I had these awarenesses when I was going through passion tests as well. Y'all you you know a lot of that stuff. But I knew I was here to do something much bigger and to play in a much bigger role with a gift that I had that was unique to anybody in the planet. And I just, I saw what was going on. Number one, I saw that bedtime stories were dying. Kids aren't getting the nurturing at night that they need. The legacy of stories that have been passed down from generations were slowly disappearing. 
and where are we without having these stories? And I, I was cleaning out my house before I moved here to California, and I found a homework assignment that my nine-year-old son at the time in 1991 had done where he interviewed my mother to find out the story of her life. What was different about life back then? Who was she? What kind of friends did she have? What were her favorite songs or books? And I just read that and I'm like, do we even connect with our grandparents anymore to know that kind of information? So that was, uh, that was 1991. Fast forward to 2010. I met uh, a beautiful young lady. I was performing a wedding uh, in 2010 and she came into the wedding and uh, had a, this little five-year-old boy and we hit it off. And I don't know, I was like, what am I thinking? <laughs> I'm a grown man and I got a five-year-old boy that might potentially could be in my life. And you, we started dating. And like the second day that we were together, he had a homework assignment from kindergarten to, you know, you've heard of Flat Stanley, right? where you take this little thing and you take it around the country and take pictures of it. And he travels the world and you take pictures and write stories. He came home with Winnie the Pooh and he had to write stories about Winnie the Pooh. And I, his mother was a hairstylist. So I took him, to, I had his hair done. I put curlers in him. I put him in the dryer. You know, he was riding the barber pole outside. I had the best time doing that. And all of a sudden that five-year-old ignited my child in me. And I just wanted to write. So I, we, I went and bought these three giant bears at Cracker Barrel that were three feet tall. And I had them wired at Hobby Lobby so that I could have them walk and stand and move their arms and hitchhike and all this stuff. So I took them in nature to start taking pictures of them having adventures in the world as teddy bears. One would sit, one would stand and hitchhike and the other could just fall over. So I had these three bears and I just, I just wrote stories for me period. And I created a lineage for him. I'm like, who are you? Where did you come from? Why are you who you are? So I designed this whole family tree of all of his family members. And I had this whole hierarchy of his life and his, his, his history and the lineage, which tied me back in with my son's questions for my mother. Mm. And uh, so I just started writing stories for me and for my eventual grandchildren. I have three now. I've had another grandchild since you read that. Uh, uh, Emily is in uh, Denver, Colorado, and she's uh, 12 weeks old now. Wow. So, so anyway, and, and now Eli talks to her and gives her wisdom in her bed while she sleeps at night. And <laughs> if you go to my Facebook page, you'll see some wisdom that he's giving her every night. He just talks to her. So it's really Aww. cool. So it, it's not me giving it to her. It's the bear. So, you know, kids trust bears. But anyway, that's where the whole thing came from with the awareness that Handheld devices are taking away our children's imagination. They're lighting them up with EMS and RFs at night before they go to bed. They're not getting the holding, the nurturing, the stories, the questions to be asked and answered while they're being held. And I'm like, I can't let that happen while I'm here. I'm not going to do it. So I just, I wrote this story. So I know your next question a little bit is going to be about a process, but, um, my process was I allowed myself to get up at three o'clock every morning when the veils were very thin. And I just asked my heart, what do I need to know today? Mom, if you're there, mom passed away in 20, uh, 2012. Give me some insight. So I remembered that um, when I was a little boy, 
every night my mom would come into my bedroom. I was the oldest of three and by five years. So we had a lot of time together. She would come into my room and ask me, what was the best part of your day today? And I would tell her and she would make up a silly, crazy rhyme about my day every night. We would get on our knees as we did back then and put our you know, elbows on the bed and we would say our prayers. And then I would get back in bed and she would read me a golden book. The next night, if I said the same thing, she said, something else happened to you. Don't make me do that same rhyme again. And I, every night we, she would create this amazing rhyme. So rhyming was a part of my lineage. My grandmother wrote poetry. My mother just made up rhymes. And, and that way I got to honor both of them. Right. So fast forward 50 years, mom's diagnosed with dementia in 2000. It gives me the opportunity to know that the long goodbye is an opportunity to capture what she still knew. I recorded her every day, her favorite songs, her favorite jokes, her favorite stories, her friends, her words of wisdom. I just put them all on an audio recording so I could give to the children and the grandchildren after she passed. So I went into her, um, we, we put her into Alzheimer's care in um, 2012, in March of 2012. And I went in to visit her. I, I, I tell the story so many times I still get emotional, but I tried to, um, I wanted to go visit her. So uh, the day before her 83rd birthday, I went into the, the center and I um, leaned down to kiss her and she jumped back and slapped me. So who are you and why are you kissing me? And um, I'm like, I'm your son and I've been dreading this day. And I sat back and I thought, who am I if the woman that gave me birth has known me longer than anybody by an extra nine months in the world? She doesn't know me. Who am I? So I had a crisis. (laughs) I just had a crisis of self So I said, what do I do with that? So I went to her old home. I went into the attic. I found all the little golden books she ever read to me. Mm. And I found, I can go get them if I need to, my original Eli Bear from 1958 when I was three years old that she got me for Christmas. I took Eli and the books, three little bears, Goldilocks, you know, the little engine that could, um, I had a stack of books and I put him in her lap and I read her the story that she read to me. Now she was blind at the time and had just proven the day before she had no memory. And she mouthed the words to every story she ever read to me. Mm. And I'm like, you're in there. I knew you hadn't left. Mm. I see you. Mm-hmm. It was that bonding. So I, 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 I wanted to understand where did that come from? Because I know other people have said that that's in them. So I did my research and it's a part of the brain. It's called the brain's heart. It's the insula cortex. It's on the side of the brain. It holds deep emotional connections, compassionate moments, bonding, deep, deep care and love with rhyme, patterns, rhythm, intonations, reflections, all that. So to test it in yourself is 
you'll hear a song on the radio and it takes you right back to a place where you were with a person or a moment or something which like, oh, that just takes me back. I had just taken my mom back to my childhood. So I got to enjoy that uh, until she passed away. So um, I know I jumped ahead of you because I wanted to blend those two together because they're all married with bedtime stories and traditions and generational connections and bonding and the importance of reading stories and, you know, all that because they're dying and parents are working two jobs. They were just sometimes there's just a grandparent raising a child. They're not, no one has the time to nurture the way we used to. And it's just like, here, go to bed, take this handheld device, read this story tonight. And I'll be up there in a few minutes to tuck you in. And it's very different. It's disconnecting us from empathy. It disconnects us from being known that we are loved and nurtured and can always have someone that we can talk to. Yeah. We don't have that now. It's probably why we're having more teen suicides. It's why our literacy rates are down. It's why bedtime stories are dying. And I'm like, I can't save the world, but I can save a couple of families and just say, read these stories. Mm -hmm. So the story that I write is in perfect rhyme for my mother. It's in iambic pentameter. It's 25,816 words of perfect poetry. And because it sticks in the child's heart and mind and to the reader. And people say, well, how, who are these books for? I'm like, please don't label this book. I can't tell you. I tell you who I wrote it for. I wrote it for me and my grandchildren and my children. Mm. Now, I will tell you that I wanted the person that reads the story to the child to get more out of it than the children, the child that's listening. So I will say the book is for the child and all of us. Yeah. We forgot how precious we are. We forgot the gifts we brought to the planet. And we just get caught up in a system of accomplishment and achievement and competition and being better than everybody else. And we're losing empathy. We're losing compassion. And our leadership is not showing us how to be truthful and to lead the world. We just don't have that. So it's a little book that can, and I hope it will. Okay. What an incredible story. So you have been, when did you, you said you started writing the book? I started writing the book in 2010 when I had the big Eli's, but I didn't get serious because I, I had all these, I was trying to be cheap and, and I wanted to do every, I wanted to control my process. So I took my pictures so I didn't have to pay for illustration. I had nature working with me. So I found these beautiful shots. I had this natural bear that, you know, and I blended it with some illustration to kind of make it really fantasyful, you know, and everything. But at the end, I put that book together. It was 120 pages for me to do that book in color was going to be $80 per person. I'm like, nobody's going to buy that book. Right. That book's for me. So I turned it into a flip book. So you can just click and all pages will flip on my website. When you buy my little bear, you get a little bonus flip book of the original story. Mm-hmm. But for me, I started writing in March of 2018. And those 25,000 words came to me every night at three o'clock in the morning. Wow. Wow. So did they come to you? Uh, are you saying like you were already up, ready to write, or you were awakened at 3 a.m.? I was awakened usually between 3 and 3.30 every morning. Well, I had a combination. A, I'm older, so prostate gets you up also at 3 o'clock. But, um, 
but that, most people won't know what that means. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, but I, I heard a higher voice every morning about how precious life is, about how precious we are, about gifts we have. And at the end, I'd like to read to you the little a little poem called The Bare Essentials of Life. And I'll close with that when we finish today. But yeah, I w- it was a download and I would either record it while I'm listening to it. I'd just like, okay. I'm, and, and then it turned into rhymes and, and then I would work the rhymes. It's hard to get rhyming words on every, you know, it's, yeah, it's a it, I call it the, the Iliad for children. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a great book of poetry, but um, it's not meant for everybody, but it, What's I never knew this, but I've had so many people that read it. I've had many different ages read the book, and it depends on where you are in consciousness. Everybody hears something or reads something differently than what I wrote. It depends on where you are. It's the way the book talks to you. It's right. really interesting. Well, that's the cool thing about a story. You can tell it, and you could tell the same story the same way to a lot of different people, and they'll pull out what they need to hear or what they want to hear depending on the person and context. Absolutely, absolutely. So what I did, I wrote the story from my inner child. I let my child play. I let me write. I doodled while I wrote. I just stayed in a playful nature to allow my process. So when you ask me my habits, I have a dedicated time where I let spirit wake me up when the veils are quiet. I listen intently and I ask the question, of my, of my higher power, what would you have me know right now? What do I need to know? And I was given. These prayerful blessings of how precious we all are. Yeah. Beautiful. So, and that began on 2018. That, yeah, the actual, yeah, that's when it started happening. It's 2018. And I had the book ready. So I launched the book on September the 9th, which is a combination of the National Teddy Bear Day. Hmm. It's the National Grandparents Day. It's the beginning of National Pediatric Cancer Awareness Awareness for Children. So for me, it was a perfect fit for me to have grandparents go buy this book to read to their kids with their teddy bear that we could do this. And then every book that I sell raises money for Teddy Bear Cancer Foundation. Yeah. So we raised $8,000 for Teddy Bear Cancer Foundation last year. Wow, that's fantastic. So it met all my needs. So you began, okay, so you began in the fall of 2018. Right. Um, from the moment that you first uh, awoke early or, or were awakened, but from the moment, I guess, you started asking that question, you know, spirit, tell me, guide me, send, tell me what you want me to know. Um, right. like, was there a process of waiting or did it like start downloading immediately? It happened immediately. I had... Um, I, my, my walks in nature had tuned me in to being ready to do that. It's funny. I'll tell you one more funny little story. So I, I just started walking and taking pictures. You know, I would see things that would amaze me and I would just take the picture. And I had a picture of this uh, heron who was sitting on a bridge and he, I walked up to him. I said, I'm going to take your picture, but I'm going to video you and I'm going to get closer. Say, stay here for a few minutes for me because I want to capture your beauty. But when you're ready to fly, I want you to fly. So he, he takes off and he comes back to the same spot. So I took those pictures and I freeze framed them and I just put the bird in flight with pictures, still pictures. So I got a call from um, 
the head of the uh, photography department here in uh, or the club here in Carpinteria. And he says, you have to join our club. You will take the most spectacular photos. I want you to come join us. We're going to go on a, a private resort where the, the wildlife federation is going to open it up and let us go and take pictures, come and join us. So I'm like, okay, I'm not professional. He says, you're good. So I went and uh, I show up and all these people got sticks and their hats and their canvas bags and all this stuff. And they're walking down the trail and I walk up and he says, are you just looking to meet people? I said, no, I'm here to take pictures. He's like, where's your camera? I said, that's right here. I pull out my phone. He's like, you're doing that on that? I'm like, yeah. He says, oh my God. I said, he said, why do you do that? I said, look, when I walk, God says cheese. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Right? I don't, I can't be waiting for him to say cheese because right. my life, I want to be walking. Yeah. And I want to be snapping when something says, look at me, I'll take a picture and I keep going. Right. I don't, I can't stand still except for to meditate. I have to be moving in nature. And when I'm moving in nature, I'm feeling the flow of life. And that's when I'm getting my downloads. And then I wake up in the morning. I Okay, you're blessed for walking today. You've lost another five pounds. Good job. Let's give you more stuff. I'll, you, you feed me, I'll feed you. Good. Let's go for this. Yeah. That's, cool. that's yeah. fantastic. What I found really, really poignant about that too is like sometimes we just get so caught up, right, in like the professionalism of our creativity that yeah. we forget to just let it sort of come to us naturally as well. And so that just reminded me of like you, you were just out there for the joy of being out there and the photos happened. I'm rewarded for being present. Yes. I was rewarded for being mm, present. That's, that's so a great good. one. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you've, you've done so much. It looks like you've even, so you created your own bear, you outsourced and had it manufactured in China and now you're selling bears as well. Are you selling them just from, yeah, you're selling them just from your website or, or are you also selling them on Amazon? How's that going? And how did that, okay, so like take us on, on that creator's journey because, you know, many people have the idea for a story and yours went from beyond a story to creating a product that goes with it and this whole, you know, thing around it. So if you could just take us on that journey as well. Sure. Um, first, I had to find out who I was and what I'm here to do and how I was going to do it who I might need. Now, let me tell you this. This is the magic of my moving. When I moved here in 2015, I, I took a spiritual walk and there was a gentleman that wanted to walk with me to lose weight and talk as well. Another spiritual partner of mine. He said, Hal, he says, you've got to turn this into a book soon. He says, there's a great illustrator here in town that you need to meet. He's going through esophageal cancer, but if he comes out of that, you should tap into him. So I sent the guy's name was Michael Bayuth. I sent Michael a, um, a Facebook message. Bayuth. And Bayuth. And I sent Michael a message and I said, look, I've been through a heart challenge. I'm working with kids with cancer. I'm pulling for you. Please call me when you're better because I know you're going to be better because we're supposed to work together. He's like, who are you? <laughs> so I met him like five months later. And I waited. My book was ready. And I said, I want you to read this book. He said, why? I said, because you're, I moved here for you. You're supposed to help me do this. He's like, I don't even know you. I said, you don't, but you will. You're supposed to work together. And I, I actually paid him money to go read the book. I said, your time is worth something. I want you to read the book. He says, how you can't afford me. I'm like, 
We'll talk about it after you read the book. And he read the book. He says, who are you? He said, I, I feel like I can do anything. I feel so positive about my life right now. I'm like, good. So now I can afford you. He's like, yes, you can. <laughs> and we worked out a deal and he wanted to do that. But uh, my editor, my uh, illustrator, my, everybody that worked on this book is within a mile and a half of where I live. Mm. And I didn't have that in Georgia. Right. Nor did I have the freedom of that. The people that live here are much freer from, from a, from a creative and art, artistic standpoint, I think. But um, anyway, I'm going to go back to your question now. Um, I had a big picture for what was supposed to happen. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I just knew that what I was bringing had a time that was, has come. That's all I knew. And I just did the work. I did my part. I found people that did their part beautifully and brought their amazing talents to what we, we collaborated on to create. It was a work of love. And ultimately, um, I thought I was writing a book for children who were facing the fear of going into a hospital. The story's about a little bear who has a heart condition. He's born prematurely. Mm -hmm. He's taken from his parents and sent away to a hospital 600 miles away, and he has to learn to listen to the wisdom of his heart to find his way back home. Mm -hmm. So um, it's called The Adventures of Eli Benjamin Bear, A Heart's Journey Home. And um, I just I wanted to teach kids a simple way to meditate without telling them they're meditating. Um, I wanted to teach children about mindfulness without calling it anything. Mm -hmm. I wanted to teach all of us how to be still and know that we're loved and just listen and to find out who we are. No one remembers who they are or why they come. It, I mean, if 5% of us on the planet remember that and do what we came to do, you know, it's a miracle and we can change the world just by that frequency of us doing what we came to do. And if we can inspire other people to find their rhythm, their, their passion, their desires, and other people observe that and are inspired to say, you know, I'm not going to watch this news station today. I'm going to go outside and walk in nature or whatever it happens. It makes, makes you do things differently. I just, but the book, I follow the book. I called my former elementary school and said, you know, back in South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina. And I said, I went to school there back in the 19, early 1960s. I want to come and tell children what it takes to, to be somebody that they're meant to be. By just showing up, doing right, reading, learning, being friends, making friends, learning to resolve issues. So I went and I went to their literacy night four nights before I was supposed to go in to read to the children. And there were 484 children in the school and 17 parents showed up and all of them were women. And most of them were grandmothers. And very few of them took the handouts home. Well, I've got all the handouts and I read them and I went into their school library and I videoed my bear teaching his best friend, Rascal Roy, the raccoon, how to read. Okay. So 
very simple. I did for every grade. I just said, you know, these are four things you need to know. Now rascal, here's what you need to know. We need to read for 20 minutes every night, something we love in a place we enjoy sitting in a comfortable place. And you ask me questions and I'm going to ask you questions. I'm going to ask you, what do you think is going to happen there? Or why did that happen? Or what, you know, so I just went through these little things and the teachers called me and said, we've never had retention level this high. They could all answer the four things that they're supposed to know. They listened to the bear. So I signed an agreement with them to put together a curriculum using my book in their school. And they're teaching social emotional learning in several schools in the state of South Carolina. They took me to go to the South Carolina International Readers Association conference. And I was a key speaker in February after, you know, about the book to tell teachers about the book. And I went to my Alzheimer's unit. To, uh, the day my book was published, I took it back to South Carolina and gave it to the people who had inspired the writing that took care of my mother about caregiving. And I said, when you read Nurse Dora, you're reading you. This is my love for you, for the job and the thankless job you did for my mother. So I went there. I, I was back in town speaking to, uh, I went to another school district to talk at a big conference. And I Went to my mother's 90th birthday was while I was there, and I stopped by and dropped some flowers off. And I took Eli with me. I'm like, this is your other son. He's doing a really good job for you. But I stopped by her, her cemetery, her gravesite, and we just talked for a little bit. And I was going back home, and I took a wrong turn. And I just stayed on the road. And it took me to the old Alzheimer's Care Center where she used to be, and I stopped back in. Wow. And I walked in, and there, the lady, um, Kimberly Carpenter, said, Ruth's son. I'm like, yes. She said, come here, I want to show you something. I walked in and they were reading my book to 17 of the residents. She said, Hal, this book is magical. It's three pages per chapter. It has a rhyme and rhythm that's soothing. And they all want to guess the last word on the fourth stanza because it rhymes with the one on the second. It's helping them remember things. Wow. And, you know, I, I donated uh, books to the Children's Hospital for Children with Cancer when it worked. I'm, you know, right now the book goes where it wants to and I show up as long as I'm alive. That's what I'm doing. And I don't know where it's ever going to take me, but I go. I went to, oh, this makes no sense at all. I joined, what, am I taking up too much time? We're loving, we're mesmerized. Keep going. You're a great storyteller. <laughs> I, I'm a storyteller. Yeah. I, I, I joined a, a group. It's called the e-commerce, e-women's commerce group. I, it was designed for women. And uh, Sandra Yancey, who created it 11 years ago, her, her, her passion is to train and inspire women to lead their own business. And, she, and her goal is to have a million women making a million dollars with their business. That's her goal. And she's doing an amazing job. Well, they let me join. So I went down to their last two meetings and you know, I, I mean, it was wonderful. I got a lot of great support because I, I'm into my feminine side right now for some reason. And I, you know, I can relate and I can talk about my feelings again, you know? So anyway, I got a call last Thursday from one of the, there was another gentleman there where the two guys out of 70 people in the chapter, he says, Hal, I want you to come and talk to my group uh, next, next Tuesday, which was this week. I said, what's your group? He said, it's divorce transition professionals. I'm like, what am I going to say to you, your people? He says, I don't know, but I know you're going to do it. So I've been divorced twice. It forced me to find out who I was and how to really love myself and to love someone else and to do the work on me. 
But I just said, because I did that work and I learned to communicate and I learned to really let my feelings come out in a true way, it helped me create this book that's now touching thousands and thousands of people. That's what you have to help these people do is find out who they are, what their blocks are, and how to move into their joy because they're miserable and they're going to keep inviting misery into their lives until they learn what's taken them there. There's an angry little child somewhere in that person. Right. And it all began by you're getting more in touch with yourself. Absolutely. You are. And then, you know, what, what power and potential was unleashed in that discovery that, you know, you could never have predicted this trajectory, which is why we love origin stories because, you know, I don't think we've ever encountered anyone who any of the creators that we've interviewed um, who planned it all out ahead of time and had it unfold just like that. We're all for planning and setting goals, but then leaving the door of opportunity open as well as perception and intuition. One of the reasons that I also felt the need to move here was more of an acceptance of what feels like wacky spiritual stuff, which is not, Um, I studied numerology for years and I wanted to know who I am from a mystical standpoint. Why am I here? What's my purpose? So I designed, I took, I put my whole chart together. I don't know what you can see, but I just, I just did my. And the heart, the heart connecting your Venn circles. Exactly. And I just, you know, what's my essence? I'm a teacher. I'm a counselor. I'm a storyteller. I'm here to share my inspiration and my words of wisdom. My gifts is being a creative. Um, I'm here to, to touch and support uh, people who are looking for themselves, women and children. And, you know, um, and I'm a heart connector. I want to connect people at the hearts with themselves, not with me, with themselves. So that became where my company is called Heroic Hearts Media. And I had to have a heart awakening. I don't call it a heart attack because it wasn't, but boy, it was close. It was a wake-up call to say how. Here's the slide I use. The 24th, 4.54 in the morning. Wow. Oh, wow. There's my heart. There's my band. And there's my prescription coming. Wow. I have a whole presentation about how I found it. But once I got into that, it took me back to this. Where'd he go? That little boy right there. Okay. That's me at seven years old. Not knowing what I'm here to do, but I was joyful all the time. And I just said, you know, my mission is to teach, to inspire, to write, to lead, to share my passion, to hold and share my light, to honor my divine creator creativity, and to promote playfulness. I wanted to be the playground leader of a new world. That's what I wanted to be. Wow. That's come cute. follow me. Hey, kids, wake up and come follow me. Let's go do this. And then once I knew that, it let me map out my whole book. I have this, a series of six books there. That's... This is book number one. I'm taking you through a whole life cycle for this little bear being rejected by a a seven-year-old who doesn't want to be seen with him anymore and giving back away to to goodwill. All of his feelings. And and it's also the little boy's feelings about, oh, wait a minute. I didn't know he had a heart problem. I got rid of him. Oh, my gosh. I got to go get him back. We never talked about that. He never brought that up. (laughs) What I'll show you is, hang on, let me grab him for a second. Okay. So when I designed the bear, so I, I knew that I, I had to have a bear to go with the story because the story is about finding your heart. So he has a hole in his heart. 
Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. So, that's, so for the children, I had this little exercise in the schools where I'm like, what makes your heart smile the biggest? Okay. Or, you know, who, who makes your heart smile every day? And I have this little transparent heart that I give to them. I say, write it down and put it in your heart and keep it by your bed. Mm-hmm. And it may change over time, but start to write down what makes you the happiest. When are you the happiest? What makes you sad? And who did you talk about while you were sad? We've got to learn to express feelings. And Eli, you know, he has a picture that he keeps of his mom inside of his heart. But right now when people order this bear, they have a, a secret code in here that gives them access to my audiobook for free online. I don't sell anything on Amazon. I'm just trying to manage it myself. Okay. But these are, they, they order these from me because I want to love these bears before they go out. And I know who gets it. So you're going to be number 17 of 1,500 bears. Okay. The message in here for you, you're a member of the family. You know, you're going to get, you know, that flip book. You're going to get the audio book for free. You're going to get all kind of you know, bells and whistles because that's what family does for each other. We want to give you what we know, right? Right. So anyway, that's, that's that. But as I, I got into this, look, I just wrote a book. I, you know, I don't know. I just, you download and you don't know what it is, but I'm like, everybody, how that's not a children's book. I'm like, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's a guide. It's a, it's a guide. So when the teachers got it, it, uh, uh, HB Rame elementary school where I went to school in Columbia back in the 62 through 66, they're like, how this book is rich of social emotional learning. I mean, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Y'all have names for everything. I don't even know what that is. She said, of your 58 chapters, every one of them addresses these things. Here's the chapters, and here's what it does. Self-awareness, self-management, responsible decision-making, relationship skills, social awareness. And then they went back, and they went to every chapter, and they marked what chapters did what, Okay. So now all the schools, I've given them the opportunity to order the books in bulk for their whole classes at a discount at half price. And I just ship it to the schools. I'm like, teach the heck out of this, please. And they've created a whole, they've begun a whole curriculum program now around that. So the book's a curriculum. It's in Alzheimer's centers. It's in hospitals. It'll be a movie one day, but I don't want it to be a movie until it's in homes first because I don't want the movie to drive the purchase. I want the heart to drive the purchase bonding one-on-one, right? right. Well, yeah, and then you're also, you have an audience ready and waiting for it as well. Right. Okay, that's fantastic. And there's so much imagination that happens when you hear a story just either read to you or reading it yourself or a myth. There's so much that happens, especially with children. Like just Absolutely. Like, have an imagination. <laughs> Absolutely. It's fantastic how, I mean, you have a, a back marketing background and yet it seems like all your, um, the wonderful exposure that uh, your books have gotten or your book has gotten uh, has just been naturally. It's like by osmosis. I, I had to go through 60 years of training for my driven self, my ego to learn the skills it was going to take to let my heart use it and to capitalize on what my ego had given the gift of 
understanding how to communicate in a clear way. How do you reach mass audiences? What do you say? How do you put sound bites together? What draws people to purchase stuff? What are the experiences they need to say, I need that book? Right. You know, I, my, my professional self put me through hell to learn that. Yeah. Yes. And now yeah. my true self is like, let's go, let's go market the heck out of what you, what your heart says. Let's do that. Yeah. Right. Well, and you know, so you paid the dues in a way you, right. We all do. All, yeah. Exactly. But all that time, like you said, it wasn't for naught because it did lay the foundation uh, for a lot of the, like the, um, your way of reaching the world. Sorry about that. We will. Okay, good. Um, so you, did you self publish? I did. Okay. So what was your journey? Did you go with a local printer? Did you go through, you didn't go through? Well, I, I actually, um, I did my writing, my illustrator you know, did his job. I found an amazing web designer who actually laid my book out for the publishing house. We went through Amazon so that it's there. Um, and I also went to Barnes and Noble, which is Ingram Spark, because I wanted a hard copy book to be able to go to libraries um, around the, the, the world. So, but you know, I order my books here and then I autograph them personally. I'll tell you one more story. How much time, how are we on time? Yeah, we, have, we can go a little longer. Yes. So, so I launched my book on September the 9th, national teddy bear day last year. And I have a new one coming out September the 9th on the story. I'm going to read you at the end, but I rented out my local movie theater. It was built in 1929. It's called the Alcazar theater. And we invited children to invite their grandparents for grandparents day to come in their pajamas <laughs> and bring their bears and their lovey, their whoobies and their blankets and all that stuff. And we had two hours of bedtime stories and hokey pokey and then grandparents telling stories and us telling stories. It was about stories. So uh, everybody bought a book and they lined up afterwards for me to sign the book. Well, I don't just sign a book. I mean, I, I look at the person and write what I know they need to know. Right. And uh, there was a long line and there was this guy there with a little boy named Billy. And he, um, he, he came out of line and came up behind me and says, are you writing chapters for everybody? <laughs> I'm just writing what my heart says to write. He says, are you going to be long? I said, I don't know. I'm just doing, I'm writing one book at a time. I said, but you live here, right? He said, yeah. I said, give me your address and I'll come to your house afterwards and I'll sign the book for you. He wow. Said, what? I said, yeah, give me your address. I'll come to your house. He's like, I'm going to get back in line. So he, got <laughs> in, he got back in line and he finally got up to me and uh, I'm looking at his son and I'm writing this note to his eight-year-old and uh, I'm just writing it and writing it. And I'm just looking at the, the little boy and I'm watching his dad look at me, looking at his little boy and he's like, I close the book and I always, where did I put the book? Anyway, I bless it before I let it go. I put it to my heart and I just bless. It's a child of mine that's going into the world to do some work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I've given it all it needs. It just needs a good audience to be able to take it to the next place. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing more books and, you know, this, I get a tap on my shoulder. It's the guy again. Did I misspell something? Said, no, he's crying. Aww. He said, how do you know my son? Mm -hmm. I said, I don't. I know it's hard, but I'm going to tell you, I don't care if he reads my book or not. My book is a reason for him to read that first page every morning about himself. That's all I want. Wow. One page a day. Beautiful. You can read it every day. 
Very beautiful. So that's fantastic. And and back to and I, you know, with such beautiful heart centered stories, I don't want to, you know, disrupt that by bringing it back to nitty nitty gritty. No, no, nitty gritty is how we how we got to get to where we're going. That's how we get to that place, yeah. and I, you know, but, but what we love about the story too. I mean, there's so much, but I think the the biggest takeaway for our audience, and that's something that we drive home on a regular basis in our content, and that is to do the work you're here to do, follow your heart. If you're not sure what that is, then take one step in the direction that you think it is each day. And it yes. is in the journey that the way becomes more clear. Um, and you can't plan out, you know, the flowing of the heart and exactly all the avenues that that will open up for you. Right. That's right. So, so then you manufacture the bears in China, right? You how, like, did you connect with somebody? So you, I, I have a spiritual network. I have a spiritual network of people that I trust. Okay. My attorney had a person as a client who does this and she put me in touch with him. His name is uh, Steve Comerford. He's phenomenal. We, he ordered my books and read them before we even talked. Mm, fantastic. Yeah. That's that's what you're looking for. And he loved it. And he's been talking to people about my, he's selling my book more than I am, but he knew the importance of getting that look exactly like it's supposed to, you know, we work diligently to get that face to be this face, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and he delivered that. So this is where it gets scary. You've got to know, that you are a creator. Yeah. You've got to know that there are doubts that are going to come up. Yes. That's our humanness. Can I really do this? Am I big enough to do this? What's going to stop me? What, you know, can I run out of money? Can somebody sue me? All those things that come up and it's like, I'm going for it. I came here to do this. Yeah. Period. I ordered 1,500 bears that I have to pay for and pray that they sell. They're going to do that. Yeah. I know that. But yeah. boy, my doubt jumped all over my pocket. Right. That's right. <laughs> um, Absolutely. What were some of the affirmations you used with yourself to help you like, keep your belief through the process? Yeah. I am a creator. I create goodness. Mm. I I connect hearts. My joy is in the future as well as now. Um, children love my bear and love my stories. I love teaching. I love sharing. Put me all to work. Put, use me, use me, use me for my highest gift. Use me. Yeah. Just keep the faith, keep the affirmations. Boy, just... yes. I mean, I, I, I'm dealing with I'm dealing with financial doubt. I don't I, I don't doubt anybody around me. I, I just doubt myself, and that's the one that's you know that's the blocker. Yeah. You can't let yourself block yourself from your greatness. You cannot yeah. do that. And my financial doubter pops up every now and then, and my, and my mom comes back and says, "I left you an inheritance. You're using my money." And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to guide it. You use it right. You're using my money. I'll guide it. Trust me. Nice. Right? Very nice. 
Well, so we want you to share your, read your story, read the pages you're going to read, but also before we get to that, if you could conclude by sharing um, your dreams out loud, like you've already shared a lot of your dreams and you said you're writing, you have how many books left to write? Well, I, I'll have um, six total volumes. My strategy was this, I'm going to write a big book every year. This is the uh, 58 chapter book of 25,000 words. Inside that book, each one of those individual storylines of the time period of his life, there will be one adventure that I'm going to pull out and turn it into a 32-page full-color children's book. Mm -hmm. So the young kids can take it at three, four, and five and graduate to the spiritual book of 25,000 words. Right. Uh, but poetry is always going to be a part. It's my signature now. My mom gave it to me and from the time I was born. And I will take it with me when I go. So. Oh, beautiful. Just love that. Did you have any other questions before he read? No, just, it's amazing. And the whole journey and the process of all of it that you went through just for yourself is awesome. And I think it's, it's going to be a cool story to share with other creators because I think all of us not only just struggle with doubt, but just also struggling with like, am I worthy enough to be a creator or am I worthy enough? And just your story and honoring the, childlike spirit is going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, I tell people, imagine that in the beginning when there was nothing and that one particle that burst into 40, you know, billions and billions of particles and reassembled itself was all love to begin with. And love's just looking for its way back to itself. That's the prodigal son story. We're looking to find our way back. We are creators. We're here to create. We're not here to make money. We're here to create from our hearts that which helps other people see the joy in creating joy, right? And in that way, maybe they want to do it and say, how do I do that? Well, you got to get out of the, you got to get off the hamster wheel. Yeah. You know, I was 50. I had to have a heart scare. Um, I'm in the prime of my life now because I'm three years old again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're well, and it's amazing how energizing and rejuvenating doing the work of your heart is. Yeah, it, it really brings out. The it is never. It is never heart. It is never hard work to do heart work. Yes, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's a good one. It's a good quote. It's never hard work to do hard work. Fantastic. Okay, right. would you like to share a reading with us before you? Let I you will. Read? So this is a situation where Eli's about to be taken from his mother. His dad's not in town because Eli came two months prematurely. His heart wasn't fully formed. His dad sells honeyberry jam in Atlanta and they were born in Tennessee. So he missed the birth of his son. And a lot of fathers aren't there for their kids in many ways. So this right. is something that's important. So it's called the Bare Essentials Code. It's, a, it's a, a, a letter that his father had passed down to him for several generations. And he said, take this letter in case he comes before I get back home. Oh, okay. And now, I don't want to mess up the setup, but we forgot to ask the question about the voice that you give to Eli Bear. Oh, yes. And how you created that. Can we backtrack to that for a second? Okay. You mean how it sounds or what he says? Uh, how it sounds. Like, how did you, or how did, how is that voice orchestrated? Like, how, who's the, is, it, is it a voiceover? Is it AI? It, that was it, awful. It is me. Did I send y'all one or if you just listened to a couple of them? We, right? we went through your Facebook page and listened to a bunch and they were just so fun. <laughs> it's first of all, it's me doing spontaneous heart communication. 
is a free flow of a thought and I'd never prepare anything I say on any of the things that come out of Eli's mouth. I don't, I just say what's in my heart. And then it is, I have an adjustment for Eli. I have an adjustment for rascal. I have a, an adjustment for Miss flops a lot. They all talk, Whoa. but yeah, that nobody knows that yet. This is, I'm, I'm previewing more stuff. So y'all are getting some scoops here, but I have a special app that I use that lets me, do all of that. I can make his eyes move, his head move, his mouth talk, and he says what I ask him to say. Fantastic. He's, uh, awesome. he's the wisest. I can't tell you that. Yeah, here they are. Okay. All right. We have an audience of creators now who would love to know if it's a public app and it's not a private app, then we'd love to share resources that help creators, but it's fine if you're not comfortable. Let me get him established before. I mean, I want him to be the first to really start telling stories oh. himself before okay. I give away his secrets. Understood. Okay. Is that okay? Back, yeah, absolutely. Back to your setup, and I'm sorry to have stepped no. on there. No, not at all. All right, so this, these are the words of wisdom about how to live your life. It's called the Bare Essentials Code. Be who you are and know yourself. Pretenders are not real. Say what you mean and don't hold back. Express the way you feel. When you know yourself, you can't be lost and your life will take you far. The key is being true to you and remembering who you are. Respect all life, it's here for you, and trust your heart to guide. No love surrounds you every day, it never leaves your side. Be still and quiet, you're not alone. And in your stillness here, the whispers of a wise, sweet voice who cares for you, my dear. Please laugh and sing out every day. Your joy expressed in sound can fill the hearts of those you love. They're blessed when you're around. Remember, every word and thought creates the world you'll see. And say, I love you every day. And say it joyfully. Remember, you are special, child, and have a special gift. And when you bring your gift to serve, the hearts you touch will lift. There's no one else like you, my child. You are stardust made from love. Appreciate the life you have and thank your stars above. I promise you can change the world. Allow your feelings to be felt and trust the wisdom of your heart to let you be yourself. One final message for your heart, its message will ring true. I believe in you with all my heart. Now you believe in you. That's wonderful. So, so they can, uh, I, I always, I, I take this to every event I go in case a kid can't buy the book. I give them this piece of paper and just say, read this. This is all you need to know. The whole book is about this. And that's the new short 32-page uh, book. And people can go and find out more about our stuff at www.elibearstories.com. You, if you buy books there, that I already have them waiting for you. I'll sign them personally and I'll autograph you. Tell me the, the child's name and how old they are. And I'll write from my heart a message for that child personally. And they can order the Eli Benjamin Bear plush as a basic bear. It'll have a, a, 
certificate of authenticity for the, your number 17 of 1500, or you can buy the bonus bear that the basic bear is 29.95. The bonus bear is 49.95, but it comes with the audio book of me reading all 58 chapters of the book and questions and answers and fundled stuff. It has videos from Eli and Rascal getting in trouble and how they get out of trouble. And it also has, um, it also has something else. Flip book, oh, the flip book is in there. The audio book is in there. The videos are in there. And then I'll have a secret code where every month we're going to draw something and somebody will win something. So it's inside okay. of heart. Awesome. That's fantastic. We love all that you've created around it and that you're continuing to do that. Um, it's so synthesized and integrated with who you are and what you're doing in your legacy and that of your mom. Imagine how she feels, you know, knowing what she must know from wherever she is now of her work and her legacy continues. She always sits right above me on my bookshelf. This is mine. Right. Showing us a photograph, oh, very lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Hal Price and uh, the series is Heroic Heart Series and EliBearStories.com. We'll have all the links in the show notes. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I love y'all. I miss seeing you. It's so good to reconnect in this way. Thank you. We're doing our purpose. Yes, we are. Absolutely. And yours connects very much with what we're doing. So thank you. Love so you so much. Thank you very much for what you do and how you do it. Thank, thank you, Hal. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us for the I Create Daily podcast. Please let us know what creatives you would like us to interview and what topics you would be interested in hearing more about. And if you enjoyed this show, please leave a review on iTunes. We value your feedback. We read all the reviews and it just helps us get the word out on the I Create Daily podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.